Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who know that Dallas always has and always will suck. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> uh, I wondered, you know, what sort of reference to the Eagles defeating Dallas would be in the intro. Um, I I didn't see the classic Dallas sucks coming. Um, now you know but, a huge Dallas sucks guy, right? I mean, well, who isn't? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, uh, I am as well. This is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And uh, my name is Gene Zilak. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And uh, as one of the inaugural members of the Dallas Cowboy Haters Hall of Fame, I can say that Dallas has lived up once again to my expectations. Now, Gene, we're uh, you know we're recording this at ten thirty on on Sunday night. Or I I heard you are headed after we record to the Mayfair Diner, and you'll just be buying shots all night. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be shot in a beer night uh, at the Mayfair <laughs> Diner. <laughs> you should see those old ladies already lined up around the corner for that. Uh, now, Gene, now you said last week this is kind of our Super Bowl. This was this was my Super Bowl. I was I broke out the exact same outfit I wore for Super Bowl Fifty Two. Um, I, I I all of the all of the good luck things that I can that I can do around the house. I did. Uh, in fact, one of the things I did was I watched no other football leading up to the game. I was completely uh, zoned in strictly on on the game. I kept my Zen like. Uh, state by uh, watching three back-to-back Hallmark Christmas movies, which if that doesn't <laughs> lull you into some sort of a trance, I don't know what will. Uh, and I was completely myopic with my focus on this game. Once, once for about four twenty hit, I was I was fully in the zone. When four twenty hits, Gene is in the zone. <laughs> exactly. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, uh, all right. So it was it, all right. It's our Super Bowl, but I mean, the, the work isn't done, though, right? And I, yeah. I think in the so we're going to temper some of our enthusiasm, not all of it. We're not going to temper all of it, but we have to temper some of it because it does feel like you know, okay, we beat the Russians, uh, but now we still have to you know, the obligatory game against Finland here at the end. Like, is it? It, it was Finland, right? I think I, that's I exactly right. Yeah, Sweden or something by accident. Uh, you, you basically inspired me to go against... back and want to rewatch Miracle this week, though, as well. Yeah, we still yeah. got to finish the, <laughs> the job against the Giants, who put up a shit ton of points against the Redskins today. Uh, but we still have to finish the job against the Giants next week to really just stage four of the four-step plan uh, to, to make the playoffs. But, oh, God, this feels so good today. Uh, probably the most excited I've been to record a podcast in, in a few weeks after an Eagles game. And right there with you, it's... I think we were talking maybe two, three weeks back of, well, if this team even makes a playoff, so are we going to be excited? That sort of thing. And I mean, with today almost being a playoff game, you know, it, it was winner go home. Um, well, for the, for the Eagles, at least it was winner go home. And I was excited. I was amped up. I, I felt that playoff like, anxiety that playoff like stupid confidence you know once the game got started it was like this is it we're gonna do it. we're gonna roll them 
And then when halftime came, I'm like, oh, we didn't score enough points. This is it. We're going to lose. We've coughed it up. So I was really amped up in a way I haven't been for the majority of this Eagles season. For the majority of this Eagles season, it's been mild annoyance while watching this team. Uh, today was just, I was there for the ride. It's it's funny to me. I, I really thought a lot about today how how much this, there's some certain parallels with last season. And I was kind of thinking last year there was that really, really embarrassing loss in New Orleans that kind of kicked the team into this other gear. Uh, I know Carson Wentz didn't actually get hurt until uh, two games later or something, but uh, it really felt like that that game was uh, kind of like the 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 bottom bottoming out of the Eagles last year. And I feel like the loss to Miami was kind of the bottoming out of of the Eagles this year. And and to a certain degree, this team maybe not quite as dramatically had to remake itself. If not, just remake its personality coming out of Dude, that. Dude, last year's bottom out was so much more respectable. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but uh, the parallel being that from the the what what you, what you can kind of put on the graph is the low point. The the Eagles had kind of they 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 decided that they were going to no longer be uh, be whipping boys. They weren't going to just you know they they they've at least played with pride at, at at this point. You know of this you know this I guess now four game run. They knew that if there was one thing that they needed to do is play well against their division. They've done that, and we had been saying for weeks that this game the whole season. For really, since the schedule came out, everybody had been saying week 16 against Dallas, that's going to be everything. And if there was ever a season that the, that that prophecy kind of was self fulfilling, it's been this one. Both teams have kind of been on this this collision course for this for this for this game. And in a lot of ways, the 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 game itself mirrored the, each other's seasons, especially considering uh, you know Dallas came in with all of the confidence and all of the hype. And offensively, they just never were able to move the ball against. That's the number one offense in the NFL, baby. Yeah, that that they look like it today. Yeah, um, and I, I certainly don't want to hear any crap about Dak's shoulder because all we heard leading up to it is it's a non-event. He feels no pain. The shot is fine. That's all we heard leading up to the game, so you don't get to cry about it now. And he yeah. mentally was able – he was clearly mentally in the game because he was able to defer at kickoff, so clearly the drugs weren't <laughs> affecting him. Um, but I, I think the one thing I didn't kind of expect once the game got started was I, I kind of realized genetically that more than I love the Eagles offense and kind of all my favorite players have been on the offensive side, I think just genetically and culturally – there is nothing that gets me more excited than watching a an Eagles defense dominate. Um, mm -hmm. And watching the game today, it felt so appropriate that when the season came down to a game at home in South Philadelphia for really for everything, but so much, you know, it, it really was just about the pride of this of this fan base, this pride of this city. You could not. To especially this particular Dallas team, you could not lay down to that that team. And the fact that not only did they not lay down, but the defense was basically a wall, and the only thing they could do was kick over it. Um, that more than anything, I think, made me just happy to watch this game to 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 see them win in the way that they they did, and to see the defense play with such. 
you know, almost like it, it was almost like, you know, all of the Eagles defenses from the past, you know, it's almost like they were they were willing their spirit across the line uh, to make to make some of those stops. And it was it was really exciting. You've been watching too many Hallmark Christmas movies. I really have. I really, really have. Yeah, it's it's, it's a mix between I would between, watch that one between Hallmark movies and Star Wars. It's been you, you know. You, you know what about about this game? It's like you know, there's these titans of the NFL. Uh, you know, the the Ravens are playing. You know, the Patriots. You know, all, all these games or whatever. And you might say, so this is a battle between two seven and seven teams, but. You know, this afternoon, it was like the, all that didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was our corner of the playground right now and where our, our battle was going on. And, you know, it, just, just the intensity that they played with today, especially in that first quarter and especially from the crowd, it really doesn't matter that the, the winner of this division is going to be, you know, nine and seven or or, or whatever, uh, you, you know, and I don't I don't. If you go on, if you go on Cowboy Twitter right now, it's like all over the place. But you know, one of the reoccurring things that you'll see is uh, this is probably for the best. Uh, this will now prompt change. Uh, you know, let the Eagles have a first round exit in the playoffs and and play a first place schedule next season. Uh, and I, I for one, will just say that you're if you're saying that as a Cowboy fan, you're fooling yourself. And you're not fooling anybody uh, because I myself was preparing all of those exact same arguments (laughs) in the event that we lost this game to talk about on this show. So I know it's bullshit because I was preparing some of that bullshit myself. So I'm not buying the whole, you know, in the land of the blind, the one eye uh, man is king or whatever. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. We're going to the playoffs. (laughs) Let's just finish this shit out and go to the playoffs. And who knows what could happen? Damn straight. And there was at no point in the game where I didn't care. There was at no point where I just said, right on, you know, like, all right, fine. If they if they blow this, then don't have to worry about the Eagles anymore this season and just get to move on to, you know, brighter options with the uh, the winner teams. No. The whole time I wanted, I wanted to win. I wanted blood. I wanted a a blood bath. I wanted, I wanted to keep the Cowboys out of the end zone just to say that we did. Like, even if you know they scored a meaningless touchdown, that you know now, of course, with the final score being what it was, it would have counted. It would have been a meaningful touchdown. But let's say you know the Eagles had made those two field goals. And a touchdown wouldn't have meant anything. I wanted to, I wanted to keep them touchdownless. I wanted to force them to kick all day. And you know, and shutting down Zeke. I mean, that's what I thought you were gonna lead with today, Dave. Ezekiel Elliott was a non-factor in this game. You know, and the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Well, he was a factor in the game when he took himself out of it. Well, yeah, <laughs> but 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 we didn't have to go like, oh, why can't we stop him? Why can't we stop him? We stopped him. You know, we and just so everyone knows, Eagles Giants has just moved to four thirty. Okay, on Sunday, it was a one o'clock game that has just moved to four thirty. 
uh, because they're putting all the games with playoff implications on at 4.30. So does that mean Dallas and the Redskins are also on at 4.30? Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that we would have have some idea of where we stood. Um, Nah, NFL wants them all to play. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm, That's frustrating. But. Hey, it, you it know, makes sense, but yeah, I wanted the the easier out too. I wanted <laughs> I wanted the Redskins to beat the Cowboys, and they were like, everybody rests. <laughs> like, and and like yeah. we we said probably last week, you know, you would like like on paper that sounds good. The Eagles don't have that luxury because I don't think that they have, I don't think that they have players that you know you you can't rest because then your your starters are your backups. You know, it's 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 a weird yeah. kind of dichotomy <laughs> that we're at right now because we we're just. We're just kind of like we're blood and guts right now. Like this is, these are these are warriors right now because they, they these most yeah. of these guys were not on this team at the beginning of the year, and at this point, they are playing sh- like sheer willpower to get them across the line here, and and that's made me a much bigger fan of a lot of the players on the team now than I was. Uh, the players that maybe started uh, the, in the year, and, and to a certain degree, it's the same. You know, some of the same players, but they've they've now kind of shown something to me that has made me, uh, you know, kind of respect uh, a different aspect of 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 who they are. And yeah, you know, but before you get to the new guys, though, we do have to recognize like tough guy award for the day goes to Zach Ertz. Oh, absolutely. Because did, did did we find out that he legitimately has like broken ribs? Because you, you, you he he's one of the toughest guys I've ever seen play that position, and he was in a lot of pain. He was in a lot of pain in the first yeah, quarter. Yeah, clearly, clearly. But go ahead. Let's let's who who you want to sing the praises of first? Well, Dallas. Dallas Goddard is become a a a real factor for this offense. Um, he's he's not quite. Zach Ertz level, but he is a legitimate. This is a legitimate one-two punch as far as the tight ends concerned. It's the best tight end combination in the NFL, and I think that the the broadcast, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, were trying to kind of slag us by saying like they play a lot of twelve personnel, they play a lot of two two tight end sets. But bros, that is the best offense the Eagles have. You know, I mean, like those are their two best options at wideout. They are going to create an insane amount of mismatches. Uh, they've got the best hands on the team. Uh, that's when they are the most lethal. It also allows them to run more effectively out of that personnel. It makes the most sense. I don't think, and I think that that was the plan at the beginning of the year uh, with the idea that you would put Deshaun on the outside after uh, Dallas and and Zach Ertz chew up the middle of the field. Uh, It just didn't play out that way. Uh, So he's one of my my favorites. On the defensive side, I got to say, like, there have been some, uh, some guys... A lot of and think back to like the Andy Reid era of, of some of those defenses, um, or 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 even like the early Doug and certainly the Chip Kelly era of Eagles defenses. They had there were so many teams that couldn't tackle, they just couldn't tackle. This Eagles team more than anything else that impresses me is if they there are so many guys. Once in a while they'll 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 miss a tackle, but usually if they get their hat on a body, they are stopping guys short of the sticks. There, there isn't a lot of like completely busted tackles well, they the way we did used to. today. Yeah, and they uh, today was a prime example of seeing the secondary guys, your safeties, and uh, you know, and your linebackers actually, you know, physically stop big dudes in, in their tracks and push them back, and that is an exciting thing. And the guy who I think uh, 
maybe who I was already a big fan of, but today really showed me a, kind of another one of those gut check performances. Fletcher Cox had a great game today, and he came up with maybe one of the biggest defensive plays of the whole year uh, on a series that kind of encapsulated the whole game when Zeke takes himself out for I still didn't get a reason as to why he took himself out of that series. Uh, they bring in the, the 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 backup who 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 fumbles and uh, you know that's what happens. And I'm so glad to see a guy like Zeke. It couldn't really couldn't happen to a better guy where he takes himself out <laughs> in a clutch situation where he checks himself out of the game. And something bad happens. It could not have happened to a better guy. Uh, so, the, you know, those are the things that have kind of excited me. Obviously, there's the new guys. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside had another uh, pretty good catch. But, um, you know, Greg, man, he's he's a legit wide receiver. He's to a legit start wide the game, yeah. the Greg Ward catch. Yeah, Greg Ward is a legit wide receiver. He had another big play in the, in the second half in that long drive where they scored. He had a 38-yard catch. And these are the things that we were lacking all year where – there were situations in early, uh, early in the season where that would have been uh, Nelson Aguilar, and he, you know, he doesn't make that play and didn't make that play all year. It's so refreshing to see a guy who's hungry and who wants, who wants to be the guy who makes the play in that situation. I felt like most of the year Nelson Aguilar has all the talent in the world. He just never wanted to be the guy. Uh, so it's nice to see that. Uh, and Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders, you know, and they said it in the broadcast. He's a, he's becoming a steal in the second round. The guy is. Um, Maybe the uh, might be was certainly the best running back on the field today, and might be the second best running back in the division. I mean, honestly, if in you know ten years we're looking back and Miles Sanders is the Eagles' all-time rushing leader, would you be shocked? No, no, I wouldn't. Not at all. I mean, he already has broken the yards from scrimmage mark uh for a rookie which was held by deshaun jackson and that was one of those records that i didn't think anybody was going to come close to for a long time yeah and he could have had more today too but he slid yeah <laughs> <laughs> do we want to jump to the slide like, no 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 we, okay. we'll save we'll save the end of the game uh, for the do, do you guys want to talk about like some before the game stuff yeah yeah i sure. happened this week yeah so did you guys watch the hype video that came out this week? I did. I it's did. a little... <laughs> Gene, did you see it? I saw more of the commentary on it. I didn't actually watch the, the video. And partly it's... because when I heard what it was, I, I, didn't, I didn't want to. Yeah, it's that was pretty... probably the right call. It's pretty weird. Um, yeah. so, they, so they get Chase Utley to narrate this thing. Uh, which starts with a bunch of Phillies highlights uh, and then just kind of is like, you know, I don't know, beat Dallas and you'll be remembered forever. And that was it. I I, yeah. I didn't get it. Like I didn't get fired up. Usually, usually I watch those things and I'm like the Kool-Aid man. Like I want to just go like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Like break through a wall or something. But this one, I was like, that was weird. Yeah. And Utley is the man, but not the man for narration like that. It was so dry and stilted like and they couldn't. And that was the best version they had. They couldn't have like right. done anything in editing to save that. But like Chase Utley. Philly guy. Mm hmm. But not Philly. Does that. Yeah, Does that yeah. like kind of make sense? Yeah, he he ended up embodying 
something, but I don't necessarily know that he. The thing that was always that we remember Chase Utley for for one quote. We don't remember uh, Chase Utley for long speeches or any. You know, we remember him for the way he played on the field, and we remember him for 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 really one quote. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and and mostly we remember him for things that what people said about him. It, the thing that my my I guess my biggest problem is the disconnect between with the marketing. You you've got the Eagles back catalog to pull from for this game. You don't need to go across the street like. You got Merrill. You could you could use him. You've you've got you've got Brian Dawkins, who's pretty damn good at getting me fired up to do just about anything. <laughs> like I feel like if if there was one thing that could help me and in, in just in life in general is if I reset my alarm to get me up for work to Brian Dawkins just telling me to get the fuck up. Like I feel like that <laughs> that might inspire me to to start my day a little earlier. And, and I mean Rocky Balboa is in town this week, right? Right. You've got Rocky. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rocky Balboa is <laughs> not a real person. Sure. Um, he is in our hearts. Yeah. He is in our hearts. But you've, you've got, and I mean, and you've got, you could have called Nick Foles, for Christ's sake. Um, <laughs> that would have been pretty weird. <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> I'm in Jacksonville, but I'm with you. Um, <laughs> it's like, well, I'm on the bench anyway. Do you guys mind if I go record this hype video for Philly? <laughs> and Jack, Jacksonville wouldn't have given a shit. Um, but that's the thing is, like, you have the the eagle. You could have had Jason Kelsey ju- just have replay Jason Kelsey's. Um, uh, they don't like like us. We don't care. Like we we there was so much modern Eagles stuff to draw from. This 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 team in the last two years has has no lack of motivation to 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 throw back at us to get us fired you know fired up for this game. But honestly, all they needed to get me fired up for this game that I don't know even know if you could do, have done it more than I already was. Just show the blue star. Just thirty seconds. <laughs> of it in front of my face and just clips of callers from WIP from its entire history of Dallas uh, fans calling and talking shit. Like there is nothing in the world that would have made me more fired up than hearing some joker call up and be like, you know, oh, I can't wait till you're going to buy me a pizza when Troy Aikman throws three touchdowns on. I would have organized it like uh, showing all of the clips of, all those really annoying things that we hear all the time, like yeah. the Jimmy Johnson clip of how about them Cowboys yeah. or like any, like just a series of all of that. And it's just like at the end, like, you know, time to shut them up or time to ruin the party or something like that. Because, you know, like the NFL definitely wanted the Cowboys to win this game. Yeah. If they had their druthers, I don't think anything happened in the game to say like there was some sort of, influencing or anything like that i don't I, know man if a certain pass interference call had gone another way i'm that I'm, was pretty weird I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> i might have, i might have been talking a different weird. tune i don't know that i've ever seen that before them to do because it's within the, the last two minutes of a yeah, half so it had to come so from the booth the discretion to review a play resides with new york or whatever and they decide to review that play for a pass interference I, I i don't well it certainly hasn't happened to the eagles this season so no. it was sort of shady that it was happening then and if if corrente came out there and said that the the play was deemed pass interference and they and dallas got the ball in the one who dear lord who i, I I don't know what the hell would have happened. Oh. It would have been, I mean, it would have been dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hundred, like no hyperbole 
like people would have been jumping onto the field. Yeah, don't wear, don't, don't be wearing yeah. blue in the seats that on that well, day. If I was there yeah. with my son, I'd be like, "Come on, we gotta go. We gotta, we gotta get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> if anyone asks, tell them we're like storming the <laughs> storming the uh, owner's box, uh, but head down, head down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't make any eye contact. Just, just walk back. Just walk if to the someone car. hands you a torch, just take it. <laughs> I feel like next year when they need to do a Dallas hype video, the, I'm just going to throw this to the to the ether and hope that they pick it up somewhere. The marketing team. So what you do is you 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 make it like a flashback episode, and you have a, a '90s classroom. Okay, everybody in their starters jackets. Um, and uh, you have the one kid walk in in his blue, you know, with the star and his sunglasses. And uh, he comes in. And then, you know, maybe the tag's like, you know, finally, you can shut this piece of crap kid up. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have been waiting for the day where, you know, he comes in and just like, oh, Emmett ran for another 200. I don't like just, you know. Oh yeah, I want to get to that. I want to get to that. I want to get to that. But one other thing that happened before the game uh, last night, uh, a few Cowboys players uh, had attempted to have a peaceful dinner at Del Frisco's. Oh, that was dumb. Um, and uh, and they when they were recognized, basically the entire restaurant did an an E A G L E S uh, cheer, and then they decided to just sing the fight song. And then end with an E-A-G-L-E-S cheer. Um, so I want to ask this. Does the city have an obligation to play a part in the home field advantage even when the game isn't being played? And what I mean by that is when you see the opposition out there, do you ha- are you obliged to give them hell? Yes. 100% maybe – Maybe if this is the second week of the season and we're playing the Browns or something, maybe let them slide. But Dallas at home for all the marbles, no, you have to give them hell. You have to give them hell. You have to find out what hotel they are staying in and give them all, you know, 3 a.m. wake up calls, you know, pull a fire alarm. Not that we are advocating such a thing at Potadelphia, but I mean, something like that. You, they should have left that place with food poisoning. Just putting that out there, like they, you, no, you're you're not on, you're not on vacation. You're here on a business trip, and part of that is staying out of the public eye when you play for the Cowboys and you're coming to Philly. Yeah, I I think that you know there's a there's a certain line that you. You should probably not cross, and that sort of. I think that conversation is going to come up again later with another incident that in the city this weekend. But um, you're not going like the uh, Lawrence Taylor sending like hookers and blow to someone's uh, hotel room. I feel like the Didn't 80... Lawrence Taylor just ordered those for himself. <laughs> they oh, just maybe. went to the wrong room. <laughs> the yeah. uh, the '80s NFL was a very different animal. Uh, but I, I feel like if you're if you're in a restaurant and you sing the fight song to that like. That has got to – that is the kind of psychological warfare I can get behind. Um, yeah. Because I'll tell you what. I, I couldn't tell you what the Dallas Cowboys fight song is. Um, and I sure as hell know it's not as good as ours. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that if Carson Wentz was, was out, 
having uh, having barbecue in Dallas before the game that he was going to get serenaded. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm glad to know that if Cowboys sit down, I'm also glad to know that wherever they were without their helmets and numbers on, that they were recognized. That's some good fandom right there, um, especially considering this is a city that early in the year could not rec- didn't even recognize Mike Scott, who plays for the goddamn Sixers. Um, <laughs> and if you don't recognize Mike Scott now, you have a real problem. Um, <laughs> So uh, you know, I feel like that that is clearly within the bounds of of uh, of what is allowable in a public space. Uh, I'm sure that the people that run Del Frisco's are not super thrilled with the idea that. Well, I, that's a, that's another part like, of that's it. That's a that very button up. And... Like they, yeah, it's not like they were at a Chili's. Yeah, you know, they're at Del Frisco's, and it, I don't know. I'm just proud of the city for that moment. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Um... So, all right, so th- this is another question I wanted to ask. When you mentioned finally shut this kid up, how how are you approaching your Dallas Cowboy coworker on Monday? Are you playing it cool? Are you going to call it out? Like, how do you deal with this person? Because I, I have a personal story to tell. I have a, a woman who works in my office. She wears Cowboys stuff like on the regular and you know it's just to get under everyone's skin because everyone is an eagles fan for the most part in my office so you know she's doing it to annoy everyone there's really no because no one else is really wearing nfl jerseys or anything like that to work i never say anything right friday we're passing each other on the steps and i said uh hey are you uh, are you worried about the game on Sunday? She doesn't even stop, walks by me, and just says no, and walks right by me. What am I doing? What am I saying to her tomorrow morning? How about them Cowboys? The moment you see her at the top of your lungs. Yeah, no, that's and uh, Chuck. That is it. Was exactly my gut feeling. Is <laughs> okay. There is no better. Just um, man, what a, you have such a great kicker. Like, yeah, I love your special teams, your offense. Not so much um, more so than anything in it, basically, like whoop it up. There's no like wink and a nod situation here. Just uh... My, to a certain degree, especially considering like similar to you, the, the person that I encounter in my daily life is such a Dak Prescott apologist. It's it's that um don't you understand he's actually the best quarterback in the league kind of like no no evidence to support this just the but and after the rams game good lord um so i i just i can't wait to be like man so many open receivers just missed so <laughs> many open receivers you know what i mean like those are the kinds of things i just can't wait to be like what whatever he's going to come back with i'm just going to be like yeah but um yeah you've got jason garrett like yeah, i'm so glad you're going to be like <laughs> burning it to the ground like what what do you have to look forward to you, you are going the wrong direction you basically could have substituted about 20 other quarterbacks in that game for the cowboys that probably would have beaten us yeah, yeah, you, a lot a lot of them did beat us this year. Like, that's the thing. To a certain degree, the plays that beat us— Patrick is one of them. Yeah, to a certain <laughs> degree, a lot, of the, a lot of the plays that have beaten us all year, Dallas, the offensive coordinator drew them up. Like, they were there. My man Dak just missed them. And Look, missed them by a lot. The thing. 
Dak sucks. Like, when are people going to realize he's not good? If you take away Zeke, Dak cannot beat you. Like, it's just, it, it just is what it is. When Zeke is effective, you know, that opens up so much for Prescott. It's ridiculous. But when he, when that isn't there, he he's a, he 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 can't do it. He he's not the guy. He's not the guy. No, there's nothing special about him. There, like, would you put him as below replacement level, or is he like replacement level NFL quarterback? You yeah, know, he's I, replacement level in my yeah, mind. I don't think he does anything like outrageous. Yeah, I I think I think if he was your backup, you'd be very happy. Is he value for a fifth round pick? Sure, probably. Yeah. Great. You know, he's if, not going to be if, worth the money he's about to make. That's for no, sure. No, not even close. Not even close. But, There's he doesn't have something that that makes him special. That makes him uh, a premier, an elite quarterback. He is serviceable. He is fine. He can be a, a game manager. You know, and game managers aren't bad sometimes. Hell, you can even win a Super Bowl with one. But. Um, I swear to God, if Zach, if, if Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz switched teams, uh, the Cowboys would be a number one seed right now. Yeah, they, I, I was going to say the Cowboys would be twelve and four. And it's not that the Eagles fan. It's not like that we as a fan base are not like hyper critical of our quarterback. We may be the most critical of our quarterback of anybody in, on the whole planet. We we have said probably the cruelest things about Carson Wentz as anybody <laughs> on the on the planet. It is the absolute opposite of the count of, of the Cowboys fan base. I have never met a fan base more hyper apologetic for what they deem as their their you know their their franchise quarterback. It's this franchise has been historically. Histor- yeah. Tony Romo is a much better broadcaster than he ever was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That that is a phenomenal point, Gene. And I'm trying to think of other fan bases that are so delusional as the cowboy fan base is because they really are to go like you had troy aikman troy aikman was a hall of famer you know none of these guys are troy aikman and why do you have to go see dak dak proved it dak proved it you know even when we had um nick Foles, we'd go well he he's touched by god like not with God given ability, but like some angels in the outfield shits going on when when he's playing out there. So that's going for him. But they're like, oh, your quarterback sucks. Eagles fans are the ones to go. Yeah, you're telling me like we know, you know, Donovan, Donovan McNabb gets a hard time on this show. And I go like, Yo, know, I think we agreed that he's the number one quarterback in the Eagles history, or I think maybe Nick Foles won that week. I forget, but he's like top two or three, and and we still go like, ah, oh, Donovan. Don't even fucking talk to me about Donovan. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, I'd gladly take a Donovan jersey. I have Donovan bobbleheads, but like, ah, oh, don't talk to me about Donovan. <laughs> Donovan drives me up a wall. You know. Why? I think that's a product of of like teams that have a huge national fan base of non-hardcore like i've ne- i've never had the the opportunity to speak to an actual cowboys fan who is from dallas and you know it's like my dad is a cow you know like and it's just it just like a hardcore cowboys fan from dallas and like mm-hmm. maybe that person is a grounded person 
Yeah, you know, and that's um I didn't bring him up um with the you know Cowboys coworker, but that's the Cowboys coworker I used to have. He's no longer in my office, but uh he was a fan of the Cowboys and I think the Yankees and somebody else and was from nowhere near the area and did that, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to do this. And since I didn't know him terribly well, I would just play dumb. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my favorites. You know, so if he was still at the office with me, it'd be like, oh, it's got to be tough flying back to Dallas for Christmas, man. You know, (laughs) and just have to go, I'm not from Dallas. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Right. Like Fort Worth. Like, no. Right. Houston. Like, no. (laughs) And that's and that's the the the. And and you're right. There probably is a warp sensibility for us because, you know, the the biggest insult you can levy at the the Philadelphia area, South Jersey, Northern Delaware area Cowboys fan is is that exact statement is is you know oh oh you must be from Texas. Well, no, I'm from Newcastle. Well, then how the fuck did you end up a Cowboys <laughs> fan? Because now you're gonna have to owe you owe me an explanation. Because if the explanation is I just want to be difficult, then you're lying. <laughs> Because that is the expona- explanation. The right answer when you say you're, you're a Dallas Cowboy, Los Angeles <laughs> Lakers, uh, New York Yankee, and Montreal Canadiens fan, yeah, it's just because you want to be a dick. Um, actually, yeah. those people are probably Devils fans because there are no Devils fans in New Jersey. There are only Devils fans that exist to annoy Flyers fans. That's It's the same thing. I'm convinced that in Dallas – there's not actually Dallas Cowboys fans. It's actually a bunch of people that left Philadelphia that exist solely to annoy the rest of the people that live back here. <laughs> I think those people just might be, instead of being Cowboy fans, they're just probably Eagle haters. Yeah. It, I don't know. Why well, you describe those people as the, the ones who would like to get beat up in grade school for the attention? You know, it would be like, oh, you know, they they would purposefully play dumb like what not like what I was describing, but purposefully like make themselves the butt of a joke and get picked on. And it's like, oh, look how popular I am, you know, to go. I'm a Cowboys fan and they know everyone's going to give them a hard time so that they can be the center of attention. Man, we are really working out some issues here today <laughs> with, you know, jeans like like jeans ad he described, which really should end with like, suck it, Brad. <laughs> Who's it the was, big man now? It was huh? Joe, Who's the not big Brad. Man it was Joe, not Brad, but Joe, not point Brad. taken. Gotcha. <laughs> um, was this Carson's biggest game? I thought about I, this. I keep hearing that sort of tossed around this week. Certainly the stakes, I think, for any any other game. This has been his highest stakes game. Um and I, I thought he played what is a what I would consider like a, a B plus Carson Wentz game. I think his fourth quarter was not. There were opportunities where if he was playing at his A plus game, that he could have shut this game down in the third quarter. Um, and I think that we we said many times over the course of the game, you know, just just don't lose the game, Carson. Just please. Um, he had his fumble. He did. Good for one a game. Um. So uh, I'm to a certain degree, the fact that he was able to finish the job, was able to complete the task, um, that w- which is what we've really been begging for him to do uh, this whole year, uh, it, you know, that that in and of itself, I think, but you have to kind of take the, this three-game 
period as almost as one thing. And this was kind of like the capper. It's almost like the, this was Carson's great trilogy. Um, this was kind of the, the capper. And, and, and honestly, he's got to come back. Like he's got to come back next week and he has got to finish what he started at this point. And I know, as much as I said, you know, this was our Super Bowl. unfortunately, uh, for Carson Wentz, the bar got raised up just enough now that like you got to get in. Like at this point, you have you have to get into the playoffs. I, I don't know that the expectations are going to get raised exponentially beyond that. I think I, I, we all go into the attitude of, hey, that's why you play the games. We're going to have a home game. Uh, Philadelphia is not a, a nice place for opposing teams to play. The defense is cruising, but I I really do feel like for the complete picture for Carson's. If we're you know when you're gonna fin- want to finish the chapter on this season in Carson's book, you want to have it say won the division. Um, you know this is you want the epilogue of the movie to be like the next week they went on and beat the Giants and went on to the playoffs where they so you know you, you want you want th- this you don't need to see this part of the movie you you, you don't you, you can fade to black, but in white letters I want to see you know they went on and won the yeah. division. I um, mean the thing is though is the Gi- uh, Giants fans are next week are going this is our Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they have a they have the opportunity to take a division rival and take take the take the playoffs away from them. Yeah, yeah. and it's motivating. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. And I I agree with um that statement, Dave, and like everything you just said, Gene. Um, especially about the last few weeks for Carson. You know, after that Miami game, we we did not have very nice things to say about Carson Wentz. And we were frustrated and it was, you know, Carson, it's it's time to, you know, step up to the plate. It's time to to just be the franchise quarterback. We're we talking know about benching be. Yeah. And and not for a lack of talent, but a lack of execution. And in the the three weeks since, he's been really good. You know, today I'd agree with Gene again. I'd say it was a B plus game a good game. He had the, the, uh, the drive for the second touchdown. That was, that was clutch. That was a nice drive. Yeah. Um, it was the best time to do it. You know, it was, you know, things were getting a bit tense and he just did it. And so that was uh, a relief. That was, you know, a good thing to see. I guess almost by default, this was the biggest game of Carson Wentz's career, you know, just because of all the circumstances surrounding it. And it was really time to go, hey, you know, prove you're the guy that can win a big game. And he did. So, yeah. So kudos it is to weird. It, it, the, the thing that I have trouble with it, and we talk about the, I'm going to contradict myself because I was just talking about earlier, you, you know, um, the, the 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 stakes of the game in relation to the records of the teams um so it is weird to say like your biggest game is against a seven and seven team yeah um so like when I was thinking back I was like well it was his biggest game before this the Rams game in 2017 I, I don't think so I honestly think the biggest game before this was Green Bay this year because Although the stakes may have been a bit lower, I really do feel like that was the first time that he was going up against, going into a game with the expectation that he was facing a much more 
superior opponent on their home turf. Nobody expected them to win in Green Bay. Green Bay has gone on through the rest of the season to prove that they are a very, very good team. And I have not, and as much as I've and I've seen Green play, play Green Bay play other games this year. I actually like watching the Packers. I like the way that they play. Um, I'm not a fan, but I do like watching Packers games. Um, but we've played them the best. We really have. We played them the best. We gave them the hardest time, and uh, I really appreciated that performance. Meant, and I feel like that was one of those games where you could go in there, and, and he made a statement. But this mentally, especially considering the, you can't throw out the relationship between these two franchises. You can't throw out the history between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, between our fan base and their fan base, between, you know, all of that comes along with this game. And the fact that if you came out and, and if he had come out the way he went out in Dallas and had turned the ball over three times before the first four minutes of the game were, were passed, that is uh, that is like a, a mark that you do not uh, scrub out. Like that, you will carry that. If you if you do that at home, you know what I mean? Like that in this game for all the marbles, if you came out and just basically threw up on the field, um, trust me, we know what happens when we've seen quarterbacks <laughs> throw up on the field. We do not let that th- sort of thing go. We don't. So to, to for him to go out and, and play as well to start the game as he did, that was so important to really – exercise the demon that was his performance in Dallas this year. Because I really believe if, if if we had just come out and held serve in that game in Dallas, it would have been a different game. I feel like we had we had literally blown our own foot off in that game and had no chance by the way we started. We just we were just not mentally in that game from the from the jump. And it was the total opposite. We had such a mental psychological edge today that and it's like what Doug Peterson said in the locker room. We had beat Dallas during the week. They, we had mentally beat this team before they even showed up to play today. And it was, it was you, you could see it on the field. We had a, a psychological ed that, edge that they never overcame. You think the, 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 the Cowboys beating the Rams was the best thing that could have happened for the Eagles this week? Your jeans nodding. Yes, this is not a visual podcast. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I I do, I do. I'll I'll speak up, and yeah, because because that led to a, a lot of doubt in my mind when that happened. I'm like, oh, I don't want them to be getting hot at the right time. I don't want the you know things to be clicking and for them to come in here and roll us. And I'm thinking. Dallas had very similar thoughts. Um, it's like, wow, if we could do this to the Rams after we already beat up on the Eagles, you know, ha ha ha, we're gonna, you know, go in there and kick their ass, or or whatever the case may be. I I certainly think it was beneficial for us that they that they won that game and won it handily. I think uh, there was certainly that part, and, and and that was probably a big part of it. I think the other the other thing was. It was a lot easier for the coaching staff and, and the, you know, even down to the position rooms for them to take that tape of Dallas basically playing the best game that that team is constructed to play and be like, this is what you're against. If you can keep, get them out of what they're doing here. Stop the run. Stop the run. Stop the run. If you stop can, the run, stop if the you run, can stop just the run. Keep, don't let them do this, this team will fold. 
You know, you have got to believe that this is the best game that they're going to play. You cannot take them lightly because if you let them do this to you, you can see that they are dangerous and, and they they are talented. But you have got to just do what, you know, do these things. You know, they put on tape their best game possible right before you played them. And I think that that helped them game plan immensely because it feels like they counterpunched them in all the ways that the Rams couldn't. I don't think we got one single feed me gesture in the entire game, which is pretty great. Yeah, I don't think we did either. I mean, I guarantee you there are plenty in the stands. <laughs> I guarantee you <laughs> every stop for a limited gain or every every loss uh, that Zeke put up. I guarantee you there were, you know, 10,000 drunk people in green just just gobbling up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so some more weird stuff. Uh, the official came out and uh, stated that the officials were not prepared to officiate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the weirdest things you've ever heard uh, an official say in an NFL game. I have never seen that in uh, almost 40 years of watching football. Have I ever seen the officials? Well, we're not ready. We're not ready to officiate. But there's, <laughs> there's like so much humor wrapped up in that. It's like we haven't been ready for a hundred years of right. NFL football, or what makes you know, this play why any start different? now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What, what's the official like hand motion for cracking under the pressure? <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, we're running at five minutes. One of our uh, line judges is having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Up top to show an egg, and then we show the egg crack is uh, for the nervous breakdown that they. Uh, time for uh what do you think uh orlando skandrick is gonna say on uh first take dude i'm telling you like my conspiracy have him on right yeah yeah you got it my conspiracy theory that that whole first loss was completely skandrick's fault uh this (laughs) adds so much fuel to that fire um (laughs) you know this i'm gonna start calling that first game skandrick gate um yeah, no, I think he's going to come out and be very apologetic. I think he's going to give that that pat. No, answer. he's not. You're full of shit. No, not apologetic that he did it. I think he's going to come out with that stat, that 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 pat answer of like this is going to be best for the Cowboys in the long run because yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. facilitate change. I feel like that is. I mean, that's what Chris Christie was writing on the notepad and handing to to Jerry as as things were going. You know, I think the two of them were upstairs vetting candidates for the coaching job. That's can we stop with the Chris Christie shit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Seriously, so so Jerry is basically has an unemployed man up in his <laughs> booth to watch games with him all the time. Like, God, stop, the Chris Christie, fuck. Of all the celebrity Cowboys fans, that's the one that you keep reinviting. <laughs> Why not have <laughs> Ellen back? Why not have Ellen back? <laughs> can't Dak date like a celebrity or something what about when like Romo was there didn't he have uh what's her name in the stand Jessica Simpson yeah 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 I see that's what he's he's replacement level he probably has <laughs> like a celebrity you know you know wife and or girlfriend and she's probably like in the stands it's just nobody recognizes her it's like She's like uh, uh, she. She was on Teen Mom or something like that. Yeah, but like not Teen Mom two, like Teen Mom one. <laughs> Teen Mom OG. Yeah. 
See, I was going to joke like she's had like three lines on General Hospital or something, but... Uh, has uh, Amari Cooper answered the question, was that as easy as Philly? Yeah. <laughs> um, I really want this podcast to be like the audible version of double middle fingers to all Cowboy fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we've really, I think we have, we're on like episode 76 and I feel like we've really kind of found our lane is, is, is hating on the Northeast uh, cowboy fan. Yeah. I feel like can, that. Can you hear the double middle fingers being sent to you audibly? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if you've listened this far into the podcast, you really should evaluate some things. Because you know what I hate? This is what I hate in this. I know, I know it happens and I, I, I don't want it. If we lost this game, you would have cowboy fans downloading this podcast to listen to how miserable we were about it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And yeah, as much and as I, as much as I would it. as much as I would welcome the listens, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather have uh, Eagles fans who are so excited to continue. Uh, hearing about this game, downloading yeah. it tomorrow, than yeah. a couple of uh, screwy uh, cowboy haters uh, that that want to revel in right. misery. So yeah, we will drunk... take Schadenfreude listens. Don't get us wrong. Yeah, we'll but... take them. Sure, <laughs> uh, just download. Okay. Yeah, you don't have to listen. Uh, you probably don't want to review it, so that's fine. Um, so a drunk dude walks into Doug Peterson's press conference today, post game. So, I have that's, so many questions about this one. And that's such the perfect like <laughs> setup for a joke. So a drunk dude walks into the press room and asks the question of Doug Peterson. Uh, I have an alibi. Yeah. I so, also have an alibi. We the three it wasn't the three of us and radars in China, so <laughs> um so, hilarious, so, by the way. Th- th- my three questions are is the is the press room like that well marked that like the guy was able to find it like i would figure it would be a little trickier to to know you is it that easy you just like that hallway is not like unguarded like any schmo can just wander up to the to the press conference that that seems that seems like they need to reevaluate that no cuz if i dropped you in section 312 and said find the press get conference. to the room where Doug's press conference is going to be i don't know that you'd find it in an hour no and certainly yeah. not if i'm drunk um, <laughs> I don't know. It might help you, G. <laughs> well, so are we just hoping he was lost? <laughs> that, like no. the dude was like trying well, to find his maybe. way out of the building. <laughs> the best like, thing about it, he was it, just trying to find sounded, the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> the best. It sounded to me like he was stepping all over Eskin trying to ask a question. He absolutely oh. was. He absolutely was because at the end of it, after the guy gets his question out, which I did hear what his question was. After he gets his question out, Eskin's like, "Do you mind if I? Do you mind if I finish my question?" Um. Which Doug then calls a timeout, which was even better. <laughs> and somebody said, do you want a full or 20? He's like, oh, I want the full. Um, <laughs> like, that's such the typical Eskid. It's like, yeah, that whatever going on over there is not about me. So I need to finish asking my question. I mean, <laughs> you have to remember this guy, his claim to fame is that he looks like a Burger King advertisement thing in a mask. And, and a mink coat. And <laughs> he wears I mink. Was- and, I and his he, claim to fame was that stripper who got murdered. Oh, uh, well. Wait, he killed a stripper? I think he was <laughs> dating her. Yes, he, he was, I think, dating her and then, like, someone Female else stripper. killed her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm piecing it together more yeah. and more now. 
<laughs> he was dating her and what she died yeah i think she was killed by like a boyfriend or a husband or something or him or him i mean or him and this is just conjecture we are not accusing howard eskin of murder with that said <laughs> i don't know all the details of the story and and, and clearly dave doesn't either and gene gene i don't know if i was um, born then yeah. Listen, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. It's usually the boyfriend or the husband. Yeah, almost. Oh, always. it always is. Yeah. So it's very is rarely the, the Burger King mascot. Is that going to be the spinoff of Potadelphia? Potadelphia, the Eskin murders. Yeah. <laughs> listen. Which one of us gets to play Howard, though? <laughs> but right, uh, but uh, finally, the what last was this question, Gene. What, he, what did the guy asked, try to ask? He just and and the thing is, Doug. How would Doug Peterson even know the answer to this question? He said, "Doug, next week against the Giants, Eli?" Question mark. Oh, they already know it's not Eli. <laughs> Eli's shut down for the season. So here's my question: He is. What happened to Eli that he shut down for the season? Like. The other guy yeah, just no, came they back. Said that he shut the, so it's Doug Jones, and if it's not Doug Jones, it's the third string guy. Okay, it's done. Right. Eli's done. Eli's done. Off to the Suns. We were his. We were his. Uh, his. His final hurrah. Yeah, that was it. So here's my question to you guys. You somehow have found your way into the press conference. You're going to get one question to Doug. What would it be? Doug, uh, why would you try a 55 yard field goal when your kicker badly missed a 53 yarder? That's a good one. Uh, hey, Doug, what's up with the running game? <laughs> Why do you always need to get away with it when you have success? Now, this game, he went back to it, but every time it's, you know, we get three first downs running it, and then he's like, I got an idea, guys. I'm throwing three straight times. Why do you throw on fourth and one out of the shotgun? Yeah, that was dumb. That's really dumb. Um, my question would have been, Coach, you want Philly Philly? <laughs> okay. That would now, be if mine. I were, if I were drunk, the question would probably be about gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, <laughs> estimate the carbon dating of Jerry Jones. <laughs> I don't know. Man, but this That's was a fun game. This was a weird game. Uh, I feel like just th there was just no way we could lose because <sighs> – you know, there's only so many bad things that can happen to a fan a fan base in one year. We need it. Like, just the luck had to turn at some point. Um, so I feel like finally, finally. Did you see the Cowboys can't get out of Philly? Yep. <laughs> Their plane is not fit to fly. Yeah, and now if someone did sabotage their plane, that is too far for the home field advantage. We'll yes. put that on the list. Well... It would be too far if the if the plane took off. <laughs> if it stops it from taking off, I think it's within the parameters. Uh, this episode is going to be retitled "The Week That Potadelphia Needs to Hire a Lawyer." <laughs> Come at me, bro. We, we have no money. We, yeah, <laughs> we we are looking for sponsors. Those of you in the lawyering business, <laughs> we'll read your copy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, what else? Any more bird stuff? So what, are, what do you, uh, what are your expectations for next week? Win, win, baby. Yeah. Um, I, I expect a fairly comfortable win, um, with the, 
not feeling comfortable at the first half. You know, I think we just sort of pull away in the second half. And, it's going to be like a 27-17. Hey, that's pretty much exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking at one point it's going to be tied 10-10, you know, maybe even tied 17-17, and then we win 27-17. I, there's only, if there's one thing, I, I just don't want something to be called the miracle at the Meadowlands three. No, no, no. no. As long as, as long well, as, I mean, I mean, it, it would mean they won. Yeah. I don't want it to become the nightmare. At the, yeah, at yeah, the yeah, Meadowlands. yeah. You don't want that. Although, you know, if that's the if that's the title of the podcast, you know, something bad happened. Nightmare at MetLife. Oh, right. that would be well, that would be terrible. Yeah, but no, I, I also <laughs> expect a win because. I don't want to talk. I don't want to have any of this negativity. Yeah, yeah no negative. You know, because at this point, there's no reason not to to have that be your where you set your expectation. Um, we just saw the Giants. They're they're you know they are going to have a different quarterback, um, which I think certainly does change the dynamic a little bit. But um, yeah, I would not want to be playing the Eagles right now. Uh, you know, to a certain degree, they're playing loose. They're playing with house money and with practice squad squad guys, and you know they're. They're going to show things to you that you don't expect. So, but let's put it this way. With your revised expectations of the season as a whole, win, lose, or draw next week, regardless of performance, like really proud of everybody for today's game. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That, that's where I am, and and but I'm sticking to what I said last week. That this to me, anything that happens beyond just winning this game, this this was the thing. Me and the old ladies in the Mayfair Diner, <laughs> this is what we asked for, and you know, you delivered. So, so you know, and, and here's what I will say. Also, if we lose next week and the Cowboys win, um, it probably would all be for the best let dallas have the first round playoff exit and have to play the first <laughs> round first place schedule next yes yeah, no if the eagles were to lose next week i guarantee you the opening thing i say is like of course the eagles lose this game of course there's no more eagles way for this season to end than us lose this game we should have all seen it coming you know i knew all week they were gonna lose which I don't think we have it on record. I think they're going to win, but I, I will come right. on the I will come on the show saying that. The only but. thing I hate more than Dallas fans, and it's it's not like close, but man, I don't like Giants fans, so I really don't want to lose to them. Well, you uh, your number one position is already solidified with Dallas, so yeah. One of you guys has got to take up the uh, the Giant hating mantle. That's fine. I'll do it. I hate the Giants. And I hate Washington. So there we go. Okay, cool. By our powers combined, we hate the division. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we before we wrap up, Chuck's about to show me how much time has elapsed on the show. Uh, you know, we're, we're not going to go into a deep dive anything on the Sixers or, uh, or the Flyers this week. The Flyers had a really good week. Uh, they swept the week, and the Sixers kind of had like a bit of a tumultuous week which ended with a win uh last night against the wizards but um we need to talk about the frosty freeze out <laughs> uh chuck are you familiar with the frosty freeze out i am i am. yeah yeah so uh, if anyone hasn't been to a sixers game in the last few years if uh if the opposition misses both free throws uh, for a one-on-one in the second half uh everybody wins a frosty which uh you don't actually get a frosty. You have to, I don't know, download an app, put a code in, scan your ticket, 
uh, do the hokey pokey, turn yourself around, find this like one Wendy's in uh, West Philly that does the promo and you can pick up your Frosty there. So I don't think anybody actually redeems the Frosty, but they just want people to do it. So anyway, um, Isaiah Thomas, uh, he missed his first free throw and then uh, I guess he made the second one. And uh, he got the double middle fingers from a fan and three fuck yous. Is that right, Gene? <laughs> I believe it was three fuck you bitches. Fuck you bitches. <laughs> As in, fuck you bitch, that... fuck you bitch, fuck you bitch. That's real, real, real aggressive. Yeah, well, and I mean, we've lived up to our explicit t- tag on our podcast today. <laughs> uh, so after the timeout, Isaiah Thomas goes into the stands uh, to basically say, according to him, in a very respectful way, like, excuse me, sir, please don't speak to me in such harsh tones using such explicit language. Well, essentially, he he from what I what I understand, and I read an article that had him quoted in, from his post game. He basically went up to the guy and was like, hey, you know, I'm a man first. So, you know, you can you can. You can chill that out or be a fan, I think is how he put it. He said, told him to be a fan. And the guy apparently came back with, oh, I'm sorry. I wanted a Frosty. Like, yeah, that I was, just really wanted a Frosty. I just really wanted a Frosty. Like, almost like my bad. I just really wanted a Frosty. Like, Which, <laughs> yeah, Sixers fans really, I mean, r- right now, every, I want, if you're a Sixers fan, I want you to take a deep breath and like count to 10 and exhale. And just, just like center yourself, because we don't need to boo the team every time they lose a game. I mean, you're going to lose games. Like it's that's, an 82 you're not, game not season. Go, you know, they're not going to go 41 and 0 at home. You know, so just you know, relax a little bit. It's fine. It's a long season. They're going to be in the playoffs. Like everyone just needs to chill out. And you know, there's no need to kill fuck you, bitch. At a it's not like you're. Uh, 100 feet up in the air at the vet like you're right there like the right. guy can hear you man yeah well and it's for a frosty they're a dollar like <laughs> let's 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 manage our our vocabulary to to the end game here like this was not going to be like a, a a bottle of johnny walker black you get to walk home with like but also i think you know this it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that it's it, the 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 victory item. So the victory item at the Flyers game is what waffle fries, like Chick Fil A waffle fries. Um, it it's definitely Chick Fil A, and I think you're horrible. right. I think it, yeah, I think it might be waffle fries. It used but to be a sandwich, attached, but it, the thing it's attached to the team's success. So it's like mm. if the Flyers score four goals, everyone gets waffle fries or whatever. But of course, no one actually gets them. I would like to know if anyone has actually redeemed one of these nonsense things. But with the Sixers, it's attached to the opposition's failure. With no there's there's nothing the Sixers are doing to help these guys miss the free throws. So it's all just F you miss, 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 miss. I, I mean, it's fun to cheer them to miss, but I don't know. But you, you- <laughs> In the end, the thing is, you you just need to make noise. It could you could literally just be shouting the Gettysburg Address at him. It would have the same effect. Um, <laughs> but like shouting like the most vicious expletives, it just ends up making you look bad. Um, 
this is an NBA problem because there there have been other cases where there have been other fans that have said to players because they're so close to them. And for some reason, like, I don't know if it's something ingrained in, in, in the NBA fan culture, like certain players just really attract a, a negative, um, a, a, like a, like a vibe just across the league. Like, the NBA more than any other other team, it's not so much like rivalries between teams so much as like you hate a particular player. Um, I, I can't think of any other examples of like a sport where it's quite like the NBA. Um, so basically the way the NBA would like this handled and why, why Isaiah Thomas ended up getting a two-game suspension, because yes, he ended up getting a two-game suspension uh, out of this incident – what they want you to do is to go to either to your bench to uh, one of the one of the assistant coaches or one of the the trainers or something and direct the security to remove the people from the venue. And basically, it's it's like a if if a, if one of the players on the court says you're out, you're out. Like it's it's a no questions asked kind of thing. Like you which just I'm go. actually fine with. I'm fine with that too. And I I hope that that's I hope that that the message is starting to get across, and that's why these suspensions are being handed down. Um. So and the and the resolution to this was both of those fans got banned from the arena for a year. Yep. And the the season ticket holder that they purchased the tickets from uh, has also been banned from the arena for the year, and he has been refunded or or she, I'm not sure. Uh, they have been refunded the uh, remaining tickets left on their. Now was that like a StubHub kind of thing where it was like they had no idea? I don't know. That like from what I saw, I was trying to figure that out. Because I, I feel like, like that would be unfair. Like if I had just not been able to go to the game because I had my company Christmas party. No man, you are responsible for the people that yeah. are in man, your seat. That is that's a rough one though. That is a rough one. I know the true. NHL has similar rules. Yeah. They um somebody was, you know, and I think that involved racism because well, it's the NHL and um, um, but somebody uh, had good seats, either um, a couple rows from the glass or or next to the penalty box, and they sold them on StubHub. And you no, know, the season ticket uh, holder had to suffer the consequences. You know, they don't care that you've sold it on StubHub. You know, this is your tickets; it's your responsibility. Yeah, well, listen, we're not we're not next to the penalty box. We're going to the penalty box. It's time for Chuck's penalty box. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. That that uh, setup was so unintentional. I'm happy that it worked out so well. Uh, Gene, we'll start with you tonight. Who is in your penalty box? Okay, so this is, uh, I think, something that we've talked about before, certainly a summer topic, but I'm going to put uh, maybe an unexpected guest to the penalty box. I'm going to put in Hall of Famer Michael Jack Schmidt. Now, Ooh. I don't know if you guys saw this. There was an article that has been making the rounds um, about computer plate umps allowed under new labor deal. And the reason that I'm putting in Michael Jack Schmidt, because he is quoted in the article, is saying, uh, do, 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 let me see if I can find his quote. It would change the game for the good. It would continue the effort to eliminate human deficiency. Hall of Famer Mike Schmidt wrote in a story for the Associated Press in October. We have replay everywhere else in the game. Like it or not, replay gets the call right. And my my beef with with number 20, Hall of Famer Michael Jack Schmidt, in this particular case is I, I just don't like my 
the that whole outlook on the game of baseball and from especially from you know one of my heroes as we need to eliminate human deficiency like that like that that seems like it's opening the door towards base wars you remember gentlemen you remember base wars anybody play base wars no it was a nintendo game where the field you you were playing as robots so yeah i remember this. you no longer had players but you you were you were you had robots and uh the reason they called it base wars is because if, if there was a play a tag play in the game uh you would have a fight you would be able to outfit your robot with weaponry to fight the infielder for uh control of the base which is really fun for like a 1988 nintendo game it is not what i want to see as the future of major league baseball so for opening the door uh, you know, to putting the idea of a ro- a robot apocalypse version of baseball, Michael Jack Schmidt, have a seat in the penalty box. All right. So Mike Schmidt and for opening the door to multiple potential dystopias, uh, Gene brings up the uh, robot apocalypse. I was thinking the poor man, the the man was just advocating for eugenics while getting rid of human deficiencies. So um, Michael Jack Smith for crimes against humanity. You're getting a five minute major. Okay, Dave, who is in your penalty box today? Well, this is a little awkward because I was going to put the major league baseball umpires association into the penalty box. Uh, for for even approving this, I mean, you're basically taking the the you're you're basically taking the people you represent and making their job um, uh, useless now. I mean, literally now, a blind person could be a home plate umpire in Major League Baseball. Like the way this works is there's an app on an iPhone connected to an earpiece to the plate umpire. And the plate umpire just merely repeats what the app is telling them to do. So basically, if you can hear this app and count to four, you yourself could be a home plate umpire in Major League Baseball. I really don't understand why someone who is defending the need and the importance of these people in this position would agree to antiquate them. So for that reason, I'm putting major league baseball's umpire players association in the penalty box. Okay. Major league baseball, uh, umpires association. (laughs) Yeah, whatever (laughs) the union representing the umps, you are going into the penalty box. You are, getting a double minor uh two minutes for uh not representing the best interest of your clients and another two minutes for we know there's going to be a game where someone forgot to turn on their push notifications uh double minor going to the umps union chuck are you putting the app store in the penalty box? Oh, I, thought, I was gonna say chuck please tell me you're putting like rob manfred in the penalty box <laughs> i am not i am not i come prepared with two every oh that's a good idea just this uh occasion so in my penalty box this week um probably a bit of a controversial one i'm putting in the new scoreboard at the wells fargo center <gasps> hear me out 
It is brilliant. It's gorgeous. If you haven't got a chance to look at it, take it in. It is a, a sight to be seen. But the use of space on it is really inefficient. This thing is bigger than like my house and my neighbor's house put together. And I still can't see how much time is left in the penalty. Uh, <laughs> there's so much space and they have little details about who's on no not who's on the ice just how much time they've played during the day so first inefficient use of space second it shoots fire which again awesome but i'm wondering if that fire shooting has to do with some of the poor ice conditions for the flyers at home so questionable about the fire and the last reason it's going in the penalty box is it has features that they don't really seem to have much of a point the scoreboard can expand. Now, you never see it contracted. <laughs> so it never, as a part of the in-game display, like contracts and expands, uh, but it does have the ability to do so. Um, it has a little ring that goes um, up and down for some reason. Um, so the scoreboard, or maybe just the scoreboard programmers, be more creative you, you have a great tool here, but you don't seem to know how to use it. You're getting the smallest penalty of the night. You're just getting a two-minute minor um, for unfulfilled promise of the, uh, the Wells Fargo scoreboard. All right, dudes. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, we're going to be back next Monday, hopefully, uh, celebrating a NFC East division crown. And we'll hit up some Flyers and Sixers talk as well. So, until then, if you have uh, not had the opportunity to do so, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, maybe maybe you're tapped out on sports and want something different. Uh, be sure to check out The Whip Around. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, have a great day at work, everybody, because we're out of here. Happy holidays. Forgot about that. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Today is the start of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa will begin before we reconvene. Happy Kwanzaa. Okay. Okay.